Why is <laughs> why is the screenshot so pixelated? It's because it's a, of like a Reddit post that I just copied the Google image results from. Okay, I see. There's some foul things, no pun intended, that I found here. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle, of course. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. You can send us emails to wheelroutepodcast.gmail.com. You can use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Google Podcast Center, Stitcher, wherever to get your podcast. Is Stitcher still doing it? Have we checked on that, Jordan? Uh, we'll check on that. We'll you monitor know, the situation. I, I'm sure they still have our feed. I just wonder if Stitcher is still, like, happening. It's a good question. Maybe they got acquired. You know, they seem, like, uh, ripe for acquisition. I'll check with my Spotify connection. See if <laughs> okay. And as always, you can send us DMs, fire us DMs, slide into our DMs, at Podcast on Instagram. My name's Logan Whitehouse. I am uh, also on Twitter, at LogwanTheDawn, coming to you guys from... Uh, lovely Stewart, Florida, where the rains, the tropical storm conditions have ceased. We're um, we're back back to regularly scheduled programming here, uh, which is lovely. Um, and yeah, you know, we're just nose down, working on the kitchen still, trying to trying to not be too sad about various football happenings to and fro. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where the nights are frosty. And the days still flirt with sixty. It's it's a wonderful uh, mm. Shenandoah Valley enigma these these weeks and days. Uh, low humidity then. What's that? Must be low humidity then if you're swinging that it much. It is. Yeah, it that's is. great. That's correct. Uh, I'm on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan, and guys, we had a real well two of them that I know of that are fresh top of mind, but a real, oh, remember that guy from college football uh, in the NFL this weekend? Hmm. Uh, young Jake Browning got got wow. some action for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, pop, gun arm, Burrows. pop gun arm himself, one of the originals. There was a lot was of, wait, that Jake Browning's on my Twitter timeline. Yeah, that Jake Browning uh, will yep. be suiting up for the foreseeable future for the Bengals. Wow. Um, and Joe Brady dialing up the plays for for the Bills today. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Joe Brady, I don't think wanted anything to do with college football, and everybody wanted him so much to have things to do with their program. That was a wild, a wild run there. He was like, he honestly like, played it perfectly. Like yeah. he helped engineer yeah. probably the best college football offense we have ever seen in our lifetime. Certainly and one of them. Yes, took took the money and got out of recruiting. But say, like my we, guy we did not want to recruit at all. We also like don't actually know how much he did for this offense. Right. Like he he it's the kind of thing like last night on the Florida game, Jesse Palmer would not stop talking about Florida offensive coordinator. Um oh his name is Escape, Rob Sale. Like as if Rob Sale is the guy calling the plays. And it, it's just like, you know, so these things could just be like, Yeah, we talked to off co offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator Joe Brady, and then all of a sudden it's just the narrative just takes over. I mean, I'm sure he's a helpful guy, but Good to see Joe back in the mix, though, is really what I'm trying to say. 
But that poor old white hair OC that actually called the plays for that team. That's smart. Really, no, I think it was Ensminger, right? Oh, really? Again, uh, Nussmeyer was he was, was the it a different ER. Nussmeyer called plays for Florida, and it was okay. it was not good. He was a he was thing I remember that name too. from is multiple rants from Logan. So he was a big fan of like heavy play action on like third and long when you can't run the ball, and um, you know, and and then everyone knows that you're not running it. So just just the double whammy bad put your quarterback in just absolute peril at all times. He was good for that. Who, who else is here? These blitzing linebackers. Um, my name is Jason Breck. I am also in Harrisonburg, VA. Um, good. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a few beautiful days in a row. The very crispy fall days. Little little nip in the air. Uh, except when the sun goes down, then it gets cold. Um, very fall. We are having ourselves some seasons, which we appreciate. Uh, I tweet things at Jason Freck from time to time. Um, yeah, happy to join you guys tonight. Happy to be knocking wood three straight good sounding episodes to the hundreds of you that have reached out in support. Uh, right. We appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate your understanding. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll offer a premium subscription for free for this episode, <laughs> just as, as appreciation. Just in, in my, in, my thanks to you. Well, you might want to stop talking so much because it's it seems like it's degrading as you go. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll... I think this is your fault when you interrupt me. Fair enough. All right. You know what? That's fine. Um, are you drinking anything tonight, Jason? Tell me. I mean, yeah, I just uh, cracked uh, a Bud Light that had been in my fridge for weeks. Uh, wow. Again, still clean. The woke, the woke, the wokest beer of them all. Jeez, this yeah, guy. That's, that's what I hear. That's what Disgusting. I hear. <laughs> He's an equal opportunity drinker. <laughs> Jordan? Uh, I've got a frosty bottle of Miller Lite. Oh, so. nice. The light beers are out and about. The boys are going affordable this evening. Yes, I am not. I have a Ranch Rider Spirits Co. The Buck. Um, this is the uh, the vodka, sparkling water, real ginger, and real lime. It's delightful. Love a good ginger in a in a drink in a bevy. This one it works really well. Plays well with the lime. A lot of good, a lot of good. Uh, it's an easy drinker. But also, like I think ginger to me has some. There's some fall undertones, and you know, it's like 68 degrees outside right now. Feels you know, there's a, there's a little nippy. bit of a nip to it. I think yeah. in similar ways. Exactly. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get to it. Football happened this weekend. Some good, some bad, um, some ugly to be honest but uh just kind of a kind of a weird weekend we had a lot of the like late season senior day buy games some went better than others for teams um and then you know you're kind of getting down to it uh, obviously some of our games that we had to pick uh revealed the quality the depth of the of the weekend it was a rough noon slate and things kind of picked up because there were some close games but uh the the like start of the noon slate was a was a bit of a slog but Let's start first with um, just some kind of, I guess, updates. Uh, bad, bad day for quarterback injuries yesterday. Um, yes. One very notable one, Florida State loses Jordan Travis. Got to be for the rest of his career um, to a pretty gruesome lower leg injury. I don't, I saw like him give a message from a hospital bed this morning, um, which is never, 
never great. Um, but Aircast was involved at one point. Which Aircast was involved. Never his, gone well. I mean, his foot was facing the wrong direction at one point. So I mean, it was a it was I'm either so a dislocated yeah, or broken ankle situation. I want to thank the multiple people that uh, tried to sneak that into my DMs, knowing how much I hate sports injuries. Uh, I repelled all of you. So. Well, that's good. Blocked yeah. and reported. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was bad. It was a hip drop tackle. A leg got caught under the guy and it snapped his lower leg. I mean, that's or dislocated his ankle, one or the other. So, I mean, either way, that's a it's a it's a tough look. But um, just like generally kind of a bummer. He seems like he's a pretty good dude. And, um, you know, I know we kind of like maybe we I throw some barbs at Florida State on this podcast. But, uh, you know, you, you don't like to see that they have a really good team. I think we mentioned on the podcast, like statistically they were looking at probably the easiest path to the playoff um, of, of all the teams remaining. And this is certainly going to throw a wrench into that. Um, they have a Florida team that's also going to be playing without their quarterback, which we can talk about briefly. And uh, and then they have Louisville for the rest of the season. So I don't know. I, th- I know the playoff committee takes injuries into account and um, – it's just a bummer for Florida State, and it's a bummer for Jordan Travis. He's been, like, a really good soldier for that program, and, you know, he's been Mike Norvell's quarterback the whole time. Yeah. I suspect that there are at least a few CFP committee members who are not as distraught uh, about this injury because I feel like this gives them, them an out to leave undefeated Florida State out. Oh, yeah. Season. No, I mean, I, and I, I – you don't want to like pour salt in the wound, but I don't necessarily think it's the wrong choice. If the point is to get the four, like I'm sick. I think one of the teams without their Heisman candidate quarterback is certainly not the best team anymore, but it is right. just, it does suck then because it's like, Oh, so the resume doesn't matter. Like, you know, and that's kind of what's going to be the, the hashtag narrative as we move into the next couple of weeks. So we'll see. They could also lose one of the next two games or both of them or none of them. And uh, it'll be just generally interesting all the way around. Um, but yeah, just a, that was that was a bummer. It happened against North Alabama um, in a it was senior night. You know, they had the the, the scoreboard, uh, you know, dedication queued up for Mr. Travis for all of his years of duty and service. And to see it in like that was kind of just like this really cruel. I kind of yeah. think. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of how it felt. So. Um, I did mention briefly Florida, the Gators. We got it. We got a hell of a quarterback matchup brewing in uh, in Tallahassee ne- or in Gainesville next week, boys. Uh, Graham Mertz out for the rest of the season with a non-displaced fracture of his clavicle uh, that he received, just absolutely like laying the lumber to multiple Missouri Wildcat defender, Tiger, whatever they are, defenders. Um, but yeah, there was that was a. Did you guys see the hit that he got hurt on? No. He kind of like put his foot in the ground and started running and he knew it was like a third down and six or so he knew he couldn't slide. So he just like leaned forward and the two defenders like hit him from both sides so hard and he like that they like canceled each other out and he just stayed up and then kept going. Um, so it looked like he trucks like truck stick two dudes, but all three players were injured on that play. Um, wow. And it was it was a hell of a collision. So anyhow, uh, sucks for Graham Mertz again. Not unlike Jordan Travis, takes a lot of hits, has been a, a pretty good soldier for the Gators this year uh, in, in a down season. You kind of hate to see that. Um, for show. I don't know. I don't know what else you guys have any 
T's and P's for our boy, sweet, sweet Graham. But T's and P's for sure. Uh, Logan, what initial thoughts on the backup? He saw some action against Missouri. Looked a little feisty. Yeah. Um, he, I think he's a baseball guy. I think he's been on the baseball team, just FYI. So we, we love okay. that. We love a, uh, a multi-tool star. James uh, Winston among them. Yes, right. Yeah, we we love Jameis Winston. That that is who we really love. We had some, I mean, unfortunate Jameis like opining like open mic night on the podcast right after uh, the Travis or not the podcast the the um the broadcast I should say sidelines yeah yeah after right after the injury which was you know it was vintage Jameis he didn't want to laugh too much because he was being really nice and like supportive of Jordan Travis but he he's like being sincere but he definitely he has a like, tough time like well, yes yeah my man is an opportunist and he has a tough time landing the plane uh for sure but um I thought the I thought the backup was like you said Jordan Feisty I I thought it was interesting to see how the offense could look like an on schedule version of Billy Napier's offense could look with a mobile quarterback um I think uh, last year with Anthony Richardson, there was a lot of off-schedule stuff, and I think that they very much were still trying to figure out who they wanted to be on offense and uh, to see like a little bit more zone read stuff and a little bit more like quarterback get in the mix. It did open up the run game like overall, especially given that and Florida was playing like heavily, heavily injured on the offensive line as well. So that was good to see. BJ Lagway coming in next year is very much a dual threat kind of guy. So I was, I guess, interested to see that. I mean, we'll see. He he has not been like overly impressive in the other uh, stuff I've got, but I'm really curious. They brought a transfer in from Ohio State a couple of years ago, this James Jack Miller character, who was like a, I don't know, three, four star kid that was at Ohio State, transferred to Florida, had some just like behavior issues. And he is... Mm. I don't know what happened to him. Like he just doesn't play. He was the I think he was the poor guy that they rolled out there for the bowl game last year to get steamrolled by Oregon State. Um, but yeah, he's like always kind of hurt and stuff. So nice to see what they got going on. But Tate Rotomaker versus uh I'm forgetting this guy's name, actually. Not good. Uh it's gonna be a hell of a matchup uh, next well he'll, next he'll get a chance to cement his name in your brain this weekend <laughs> yes he will absolutely but uh and then also speaking of injured quarterbacks cam rising our sweet boy from utah has announced that he will be returning for year seven next year which is awesome love that not sure i'm not sure we can call cam rising a boy anymore i believe he can uh he's fully rinse the vans i don't think he's in husbands and fathers territory that's fair not with that hair he's way too dangerous looking to be in husbands and fathers territory yeah for sure reckless for fatherhood but i mean it's good news for college football i love that he's back yeah absolutely um we do have a new uh a a new job to add to the coaching carousel syracuse the orange Who's excited for that one? Tell me. Tell me all about it. I I don't know where they go. Yeah. It's just that's a really hard job. Um JMU JMU Twitter is a buzz because it's the first one of the season that Signetti's been named as a possible target, but oh. uh, he he might I don't know. I, I it just seems like a really hard job. Like you're he's got a he's got a, a New York sounded name, Signetti. Yeah, that's true. Officers, um, Officer Signetti. But yeah, upstate New York. Um <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, you're definitely gonna be the most popular sport at the school. Um they lacrosse. It's not a great obviously. Re- so what? Lacrosse. 
is right. That, that's what I mean. Um, I don't, yeah. We don't really talk about anything else. Um, nope. I think. I think from what I understand, they're way far behind in NIL stuff, which is strange considering its importance to the men's basketball team. Um, it, it just seems like a very difficult job, a very tough place to win, uh, even in you know an occasionally messy ACC. Uh, so I'm not really sure what they do. I think I've always liked Dino Babers, and I guess there was just a lot of middling for a long time, and they expect better. Yeah. But I I don't know. I don't know what their game plan is with football. I don't know if you can have a full game plan for football at Syracuse. It just, it all comes back to like, man, that that seems like a really tough place. You got to really want to move up no matter what to the power five if you want to take that job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're going to, they, I'm sure, clearly they have money to spend. Babers, I think, was making a pretty good chunk of change and had a pretty substantial buyout, which I'm sure has now gone down that we have reached the point where they can actually fire him. But I remember that was always sort of the chatter was, well, we're probably just not going to fire Babers because it doesn't make financial sense because it seems like the past couple of years, his name sort of bubbles up. Um, so ever since Eric Dungey graduated, it's just really been, it's really been tough for Dino. They, they simply ran out of quarterbacks to sacrifice. <laughs> I think they did, um, which is interesting because he's, you know, supposedly kind of like a Art Bryles guy, I think, like runs that, like supposed supposed to run that kind of offense, like a Josh Heupel situation, but I don't know that. Uh, um, I don't know that that really ever was established. I would be interested to see. Yeah, well, I mean, he hired Robert and I two years ago to run right. the offense, and it's now being run by an I protege, Jason Beck. So, right. Yeah. Um, there was some. There was some drama. At- at UTSA when Jeff Trailer was offended that somebody asked him about the Texas A&M interview. So we can talk yes. about that in both directions if we want. Yeah, so, I mean, it would appear that Jeff Trailer has interviewed at least for Texas A&M. Um, yeah. He did not deny it, but he was very offended that they were they were disrespectful to the 18 seniors on his, on, on his right. team and on celebrating them on their day. So, um, I don't know. It's a classic head coach move. Yeah, I mean, he like, certainly was prepared to, to get that. It's one off. of those things that, like, I like, I get what you're going for, but, like, you're clearly just trying to wash your hands of any involvement in this, and, like, it, yeah. it drives me nuts. Yeah, it, it it looks bad for the media taking attention away from the seniors, but not look, not a bad look for the no. coach to use them as a shield. Right. <laughs> to, <laughs> right. Obviously, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, How yeah. dare you speak of it until I give you permission to speak of My it. My 18 seniors. Yeah. Anyways, that drives me nuts. But, I, I mean, this would be a remarkably sensible hire for Texas A&M, which kind of makes me think they're not going to do it. Okay, <laughs> so we had talked yeah. about the A&M job as one of those institutions who might miss out on a bad hire because the the candidate that would make sense they might consider beneath them, yeah. like a Mike Elko. Um, so do we think this is a smoke show and they like don't actually intend to hire Trailer because he is... Because they're, they're actually interviewing Joey McGuire. He is tainted right. by UTSA's suboptimal footballness. I mean, yeah, maybe. I, I, I lean towards it being that, but that, that might be just me getting like super College Station conspiracy-brained. Well, but yeah. like this would just be super off brand for Texas A&M to like make the calm, sensible guy who has been successful at a G5 right down the road. Like 
that does not seem like the preposterously deep pocketed oil magnates that we have come to know and love. Well, how like Jason, we 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 went through this the other day and you kind of agreed, but yeah. it's like it's very easy for Texas A&M to do the we paid seventy six million dollars to hire Sam Houston State's coach or whoever Texas State's coach or whoever that is. Um, UTSA. UTSA's coach. You know, enter any any basically any Texas school, not Texas or like Texas Tech or Baylor, right? That like is you know, and even then they probably think Texas Tech and Baylor are beneath them. But um, yeah. how long is the actual list of people that you could say that about? Is it like Dabo? What, that, that they and, don't that they don't consider below them. Well, that they don't they don't consider seventy six million dollar buyout worth. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, is it, is it Dabo? Is it Dan hand. Landing? Is it? Yeah, and you know what I'm saying? Like, it, ha- it yeah. can only be like Lincoln three. Riley would be funny. Oh, that would be hilarious. It, uh, it can only crazy. be like three to five people long. I um, I agree with you. I also uh, am mostly sure that you've already used more logic here than that well, group sure. of donors have. <laughs> Listen, so they they get this for free too. They're listening to the yep. amazing is, uh, so. free consulting. So, and listen, like I I kind of think too that there's plenty of coaches that make sense some of them work out some of them some of them don't yeah. right it's yeah. kind of like we, drafting we both had, it's kind of like drafting had, uh, yes we've all had coaches in the last two years that like when they very much detonate and don't work out none of us we're all just like man we thought this would work really like we were all concerned when virginia tech hired justin fuente and we were all concerned yeah. and like there are so many examples of this so like who knows yeah who knows yeah What's Larry Fedora up to? Mac and buys, probably. It's Sunday, actually. It was probably an active cardio day. He probably just went for a walk, hot girl walk. Larry Fedora. Um, seems to have like been last. Texas connections. Seems to have been last employed as the coach and general manager for the New Orleans Breakers of the United States Football League. Okay. God, man, these dudes love coaching football so much. They cannot stop yeah. coaching football. Like, stop. like, how can you not stop coaching football? It seems so destructive for your mental health. I would love to do it, maybe for like two or three years, just to give it a go, just burn it both ends. But yeah, but then you wouldn't be able to stop. You'd be like, oh, I totally get oh, it. Man, I get it, man. I got the Denny's like menu. I got my wax pen. I'm out here. This is your, your first. Your first hit is free, Logan. You first hit. You can just have it for free, and then they'll just keep you coming back. <laughs> yeah. hmm. all right well um Anyways, all right so I think super normal college football talk per some other uh you know basically just other things that i've listened to a lot of a lot of mike elko chatter surrounding the michigan state job as well just fyi okay. uh i think he makes a lot of sense there from a personality standpoint for michigan state um there's been some of the nardus chatter as well uh which would be hilarious if Narduzzi like just kind of fell on his face at pit and like somehow just like got the Michigan state job back. Cause like he used to wear the windbreaker, but what you got Jason. I think, uh, I think it was a message board geniuses post or somebody at some point today, citing sources uh, said that Tony Elliott was the leader in the clubhouse for Michigan state. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Which was delight there it was like somebody was like i've heard this from definite sources like it's probably happening i just don't understand why we're definitely hiring a 5 and 15 (laughs) (laughs) i genuinely hope that happens that sounds delightful yeah whatever screw it let's let's get weird um as long as you don't take anthony claire drew with you that's god yeah freaking sweet anthony He's back, baby. He's back in such a big way. So bad. <laughs> Boise State, uh, it seems to be Brian Harson in the mix there. 
Um, makes a lot of sense for all the reasons that are super boring. I don't know much about the Mississippi State's coordinate or, or search list or potential suitors. Um, that seems like a school that could go a lot of different ways. And, you know, like maybe one of the upstart young Texas coaches wants to do some SEC stuff, but... Jeff Trailer, maybe? <laughs> yeah. well, so the big, the big fun conspiracy theory uh, this week was... Uh, so Arkansas State, like, dump-trucked Texas State. Uh, Arkansas State under... Butch Jones. Oh, my God, I just forgot his name. Yeah, Butch, thank you. Um, the cop and himself. So Texas... Texas State's coach is uh, DJ Kenny, or however you pronounce his name. DJ um, Kenny, I, yeah. I believe was that Mississippi State? No, maybe not. Anyways, no, he was like I, a. I thought he was like one of those Texas high school guys. Yeah, he was. Like, uh, his name was mentioned in like as a Mississippi State thing, and the big conspiracy theory was that like oh, he's already he's already in Starkville. He's, That's he's my favorite out. bit. Yeah, I love that. I, I as soon think, as I read it, I was like, "Did Jordan plant this? Is this he's his mentally story? in Starkville?" I mean, he is runs like a, a like a pretty, I think, um, like wide open Texas high school offense yeah. kind of thing. Like that would be probably, it, you know, maybe hearkening back to the Mike Leach uh, tree of things. Yeah, um, it, it makes sense in that Mississippi State. I think it's just Mississippi State would be most... like just careening off of the guardrails in both directions in like a three yeah. in like a one year span. And well, like, I mean, that roster is going to be, oh, that I makes mean, sense. It is, but yeah. I mean, that is going to be, I don't know, food uh, for, for some groups. And I kind of think that's a tough job to recruit to. I can't imagine Starkville is oh, yeah. really popping, but it's a weird SEC, I, I, SEC I football. I mean, like what are they consistently? They're, Probably the what the worst program that's not Vanderbilt. Yeah, it's got to be the well, that's got to be the worst job. Well, I'm saying like that's got to be the worst job that's not Vanderbilt. Oh, okay, yeah. I'd probably I agree with that. They're that. probably thir- twelve or thirteenth out of fourteen, no matter how you do the right. list. So. Hmm. so, okay, well, we'll we'll keep our we'll keep our ojos out. San Diego State um, is open. Great location. About yeah, all we know about that. Vibes. <laughs> Go Aztecs, Syracuse, we mentioned. Um, all right, so UCLA, it was reported they were going to be making a move after the USC game this week, and then they put the hands on USC. Spoiler alert. People um, were very upset about that report. So and No move has been made. No move has been made oh. yet. Uh, I don't know, like, college football just notoriously just makes the vibes very weird, and then it's just like, oh, yeah, you won a game, so everything is fine, you know, like, which is just very weird, like, in some ways, kudos to like Texas A&M for not being like, oh, well, we have to fire him after he loses a game, not like after he wins a game. Like they made their decision, they went went with it. But uh, UCLA remains firmly in the grasp of Chip Kelly's little sausage fingers, and um, Sam Pittman has been given the. <laughs> I, I was joking with you guys, but the the athletic director vote of confidence. Sam Pittman will be our coach next year. Tweet uh, on you know company letterhead, company tweet letterhead. Uh, by Arkansas, so uh, he is not going to be Arkansas is not going to be making a move at least in the next day or so. But um, I don't know. I'm thinking next year might be a, a Sam Pittman retirement tour. Might be a sweaty <laughs> season for Sam Pittman. Yeah. Yes. I, again, I, Arkansas probably like unfortunately falls into the list with Mississippi State and like some of the and, and Mississippi in, in some years, and uh, just like someone's going to have to 
catch some L's in the West and uh, in the SEC in general. And it's yeah. unfortunately right now it's usually it's Mississippi State, usually Arkansas, right. and and recently Auburn. Uh, so uh, that's how it goes. But and then Northwestern obviously has made a move. Uh, on the on the topic of Chip Kelly, so Chip Kelly has Cal next week. Um, and if they win that, they're eight and four. So like. Yeah. Is UCLA going to fire a coach that has gone eight and four, nine and four, eight and four at UCLA? Like that's that's where you think is you're not good enough. As like, you move into a new conference, just like upset the apple cart and like move into a new conference next year. Tara, I'm, Tara I'm waiting for them to to sign Chip to an extension and have the AD triumphantly mm. just cop to like, yeah, we planted that and. Uh, mm-hmm. We leaked the crap out of that. We, we Triumphantly. Knew, we knew it would get the boys going, and we were right. Look, look at our galaxy brain strategy come to fruition. I love that point. Yeah. That is good. That is a good call. That's, um, a, that's a communication director's dream right there, is a strategic <laughs> leak that actually does something. I don't, I don't like get the feel that there's any other jobs like pending opening. I'm sure after next weekend, we will hear a handful more. Um, you know, some small, some large, and then and then we'll start reshuffling the deck, and then we can talk about it all over again, which is always fun. So there's like yeah. the initial reshuffling, and then there's the subsequent yep. openings, and then there's the coordinators. The NFL will make their moves. Bingo. There will be more uh, reshuffling. Yeah. Um, Silly season is upon us. Dan Mullen was was dunking on uh, hot seat people on Twitter this weekend, which was weird. Um, notable. Notable expert of being on the hot seat, Dan Mullen. Well, he's, is, uh, he's a savvy veteran of the area. He had a cup area. of coffee on the hot seat. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah <laughs> he certainly did. Um, it, in lo- lobbing grenades in Lincoln Riley's direction, are we sure we have the right coach on the hot seat in, in L.A.? Like, hey, oh, good tweet. That's delicious. <laughs> but uh, it was pretty funny. So, all right, let's get to some games, unless you got any other uh, coaches you want to talk about. No. We'll keep an eye on Coach Signetti's uh, plane too, Jason. If you give us the tail number for the Duke, the the Duke Club plane or whatever it is, that'd maybe be great. I, can just, I can just start working remote from Shenandoah Valley Regional Airport. I think that's, I think that's best. He's he's certainly savvy enough to rotate. Just hitting the Enterprise, so. rent a car, free Wi-Fi. That's that's in there. Yeah. <laughs> what are you been doing here, man? <laughs> Don't ask. Hey. guest <laughs> network. I, I'm only getting uh, 30 megabytes per second here. I'm gonna need. I need more juice. Listen, I'm trying to get these tweets off. I'm trying to track these jets. I'm trying to see if, if Mr. Signetti comes through I'm trying here. Trying to stay employed. I reckon. Yeah. Note. Tough also. Act. <laughs> okay, let's get to it. Louisville was at Miami, and Mario. Louisville won. Louisville won. I mean, the end of this game. Yeah, you're gonna. Was, you're gonna have to rip off a TED talk here because I don't think Joe. I didn't see any of this. I don't know if Jordan did, but you well, were. It was. I it saw was highlights of it was Louisville a fi- scoring. It was a fun game. I mean, honestly, Miami played. I think Van Dyke is the better quarterback given their situation. I just think he was he was having a, some Chuck, Chuck Knobloch situation going on. All right, like it's just tough. You hate to see it for the guy, but it was tough. He played He's fine. Going through it. He played fine. Um, Louisville. I mean. It's, I can't imagine it's hard to get up for a noon game at the hard uh, when they're – I mean, there was nobody at this game. It was – That does not surprise It was a tough Sometimes. scene. It was a really tough scene. So um, Miami played hard. Uh, they ran the ball pretty well. But just like end of game, you know, it's – Miami's got three timeouts. They have a fourth and goal. they got to score a touchdown. They run a bad play. 
They don't score a touchdown. But before they run that fourth and goal play, they decide they want to call a timeout to talk it over. And then they proceed to not get not get it. And then they proceed to commit a personal foul in the end zone um, after the incomplete pass by the receiver, the aggrieved receiver who thought that he had been held, um, smacks the DB in the face who's talking trash to him. And and so that moves the ball out to the 20-yard line. So what it was just like you're gonna do. And then and then Louisville, so now there's not three timeouts, there's only two timeouts. So Louisville farts around and you know, wastes basically most of the time at punts on the punt. Miami has another guy smack a dude in the face right in front of a ref after after the punt is over and gets the ball moved half the distance to the goal back to like the seven yard line where Miami now has no timeouts and has 95 yards to go to get to the like it was it was just so dumb. It was just so dumb. Like, I don't, I mean, like, again, one timeout, whatever, but like, that was like over a minute of time, and uh, they needed to get back in and try to score again, another touchdown. And so, anyhow, typical Mario Cristobal, like, dubious end of game. Has Mario lost control of the program? People are asking. <laughs> People are wondering. He's back to losing at home, though, so it feels like it feels good, probably. It seems like a, a restoration of sanity here in Miami. I like, I'm, I'm very interested. I find that the the leash extended to Mario Cristobal by Miami fans is so much longer than the leash extended to Billy Napier by Florida fans. It's I think it's really interesting um, because the, both programs like kind of are doing the exact same thing. They're just going about it in very different ways. Like Florida is just kind of like making loud mistakes like on the field that I don't necessarily think are all coaching decisions. Miami seems to be like their coach seems to be screwing them over on the field and and, and like. The, their quarterback situation the for both programs is like if he, in their yes demise. yes right right whereas like napier seems to just kind of be like listen these guys are there's a lot of freshmen out here like things are like kind of weird stuff is happening and and i got my grabs with napier too but um it's just like i don't know mario's like a lifetime sub coach and continues to be one say, like would you say the leash extended to mario cristobal by miami fans is longer than the leashes previously extended to miami head coaches um yes I, I really he doesn't have like i think most of the last few got three years but yeah like many in weirder fashion gosh remember al golden well al yeah. golden i think they really liked rick but he got sick and i think yeah. that that no, sucks right. um that's right. and i forgot about that. i mean now rick also did like have his son be like the quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator and like there was some there was some like you know, some, some parents level nepotism situations going on that like weren't awesome, but, um, you know, and then Manny Diaz was just on his staff. So I think it was easy to be like, all right, well, you know, time's a ticking on this. Manny Diaz is, you know, like he's just, a if, if he doesn't get it together and, and they, they looked pretty bad under Diaz too. So like, they, they're another program that just like, hasn't had like a standout quarterback situation in a while. And, um, that's tough, you know. It helps it's pretty that wild. It, like, yeah, it helps to have one of those every now and then, kind of swing through the program. Um, who was the guy that transferred from Houston that they were all excited about? King, Derek King, was Derek, there yeah. for a couple of years. Like that was, I guess, fun. But I don't think he was ever like, you know, slinging the they pill. Let Anthony Calandria leave the state. Right. That's a good point. Great point. Um, but I mean, they're they're also like recruiting well, and you know, like I think there's cause for excitement like that but it's just kind of tough when it seems like like just simple game management stuff continues to like be impossible to overcome um and then you have yeah, just like it, you it have like this weird when it's like bad game management 
is preventing you from like potentially being a playoff contender. Like they, it cost them an undefeated season at that point. Yeah. Whether they would have won out, who knows? Yeah, probably but, not. But like when it, when you are a good team and game management is keeping you from being great, it is wild that that's not brought up more often because right. like when a team is bad, that is one of the things where it's like, oh, look at this bad game management. Like we, right. we need to get like, Mike London got a lot of bad game management uh, flack. And that was like, that was a reason why Virginia needed to move on. Like, that's not the thing that's making you bad. It's, it's a whole litany of other things. Right. But if, if something is preventing you as a good team from being a great team, like it should be all the more infuriating mm -hmm. that this simple thing cannot apparently cannot be taken care of. Well, it's honestly what got Jimbo rung up and tell and in that Texas A&M. I mean, he's yeah. very much cut from the same cloth as Mario on the like just ultra conservative decision maker in the middle of the field and always kicking field goals and just, you know, and, and again, another situation where like quarterback situation has been great at Texas A&M and is always hurt evidently too. That's also probably the coach and play caller's fault that the quarterback continues to just to get waylaid. But, um, Okay. Anyhow, Louisville moves on. They secure a berth. Too in much the, Miami talk. Yeah, they, they've secured a berth in the uh, ACC championship game against Florida State. Jack Plummer versus Tate Rodemaker in Charlotte or wherever they play this game. I mean, we've we've been talking about this since June. Let's go. I mean, this is what we were. I'm going legitimately for. excited. It'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be a fun game. Yeah. Louisville's tough to figure out. I didn't want to touch them in this game. I thought it was like. Fun to make the joke, like, haha, Louisville is a, like road dog, and they're like way better team. But, um, you know, I don't know that they necessarily like always play like the way better team. Uh, they just that's correct, they're just like 10 and one, and and that's okay. <laughs> so good for them, it can be successful. Um, and it doesn't have to be much to it. We saw the Virginia game. We all saw the NC State game. They can never take either of those from us. We know what we know what it is. Purdue is at Northwestern. Northwestern. Congrats to Northwestern and David Braun for overcoming Bowl the adversity. eligible. That's right. Medill graduating Northwestern. So they're like a bottom a bottom rung B1G bowl game team. So they'll be playing like what is that? Some sort of a like sad Orlando bowl, like prior to the champs sports bowl or something like that. It's definitely, it, I feel like they usually end up playing games in like Florida, um, the Boca Raton bowl, something like that. Which honestly isn't bad. Cause you could get no. sent to like UVA went to the military bowl in, in Maryland. I think it was Annapolis the one year. And they went to the one in, and they play in Yankee stadium too, and just get rung up by Navy. In uh, no, the military bowl was the navy game okay they were supposed mm -hmm. to play in the either the pinstripe bowl or the oh Fenway it got canceled the covid year right. COVID. right 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 <laughs> oh yeah, the siberia in january <laughs> right and uh at least the b1g gets apparently some florida allotment that's correct um, I don't think we need to camp out on this one. Michigan barely squeaked by Maryland in a weird one. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, it's a an advanced game for Michigan. I think they got bigger. Their sights set on big things next they week. They did the job. I did, I did sprinkle a little on Ohio State plus five and a half earlier last week. Just just FYI for, ne for next oh. week. Just, 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 I think just, uh, Jane, Jane Toasten pointed out 
and I have no idea if this is true, but I trust Jane Coaston on basically everything in life. Um, okay. That basically weird happens the week before they play Ohio State every single season. This sounds and like so, some Galaxy Brain Michigan fan. Like, uh, well, that that combined stuff, with the Maryland you're, you're probably not wrong. Yeah, no, I think I think the the bigger thing here is this is the Maryland um, makes like serves notice like oh Maryland maybe next year Mar- you know they hung with Michigan Maryland uh, what do you think the, like, the annual tradition right? yes I, which I think is more powerful yeah. than the uh, look ahead game for for Michigan but who who knows um, well when those powers combine that's true yeah, that's what I'm saying that's what I mean is the top tail of it all really yeah. got everything going <laughs> uh, I don't, I mean not not a ton to say here I think Michigan. I mean, they, they did what they needed to do. Uh, Maryland moved the ball on them pretty good and was able to kind of pound the ball in in the red zone a few times. And, you know, Michigan was kind of loud about not having allowed anybody to, like, even into the red zone for, or into a goal-to-go situation, I guess, for, like, most of the season, which is kind of funny. But It is worth, it is worth pointing out that Michigan was up 23-3 at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is and Maryland a... had to crawl back into it. But it was a five-point game when the fourth quarter started. So That's correct. Not nothing. Anyways. All right, Jason. We go to Bridgeport Stadium. The Dukes. I don't know if I'm ready. Ten to five halftime score. Logan's checking the score. App State is up ten to five. Wondering yep. what the hail is going on. Um, we were we were chasing weird score like it was uh, five to three at one point. That was oh, I love that baseball score. A, a yeah. valiant comeback effort by the Dukes. Um, yeah. And kind of a just. I hate. I mean, they, they lost in overtime. Spoiler alert: The Dukes lost in overtime. You you hate to see the we get the ball first and we kick sad field goal after like a 17 yard gain on the first play. That was tough. Well, well, gonna, and after you just that. you just marched down the field to tie yeah. the game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're going so, to get to that. Don't you worry. Um, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Yeah. You know, run us down every quarter, every play. Let's hear it. Okay, so uh, let's start. Let's look at eight oh one a.m. I arrive on the quad and we. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was just a it was a tough game. Um, I don't know if I feel like this is a weird thing to say, but I feel like the cold affected us a lot. It was very chilly, like in Bridgeport Stadium. The sun sets behind the tall part of the stadium, and it gets like kind of genuinely cold. Um, I don't really know why that is, but uh, the quarterback Jordan McLeod kind of did not have his best stuff. Uh, was was sailing a lot of throws, was sailing them high and arm side. Uh, and as uh, a veteran of the Rockingham County Baseball League, I can tell you that that's what happens when it gets cold. Um, but yeah, he just he wasn't super accurate. Was missing on some some throws. Was making some questionable decisions. Um, he was not alone in the questionable decisions, as we'll get back to. But um, you know, I don't. I didn't actually look it up because I was annoyed. But I don't know what App State's third down conversion rate was, but it was uh, high. And that uh, that probably bit us more than um, oh gosh, this is only seven for sixteen. It felt way higher. So every every tough third down they converted, but uh, yeah, it was they kind of just kept pressing and they they scored a touchdown the first play of the fourth quarter to make it seventeen to five. And it great play design so, too. Uh, it was it it was a gorgeous play, like tight end right up the seam, nobody anywhere near him. Um, but it, it weirdly kind of felt like, oh, man, this that there was some dagger elements to it, uh, which is bad because the offense had just not found itself all day. Um, but the Dukes uh, fully marched down the field, 16 plays uh, 
to score a touchdown on a very chaotic play that it looked like Jordan McLeod was going to get sacked again and kind of like bent out of it. And all of a sudden there was nobody within 10 yards of him and he just kind of walked in. Um, and then the real killer was we let them march 70 yards and kick a field goal. And that turned out to be very important. Uh, Jamie marches back down the field, gets uh, this weird combination of like, I think they got a sack and a penalty. Um, and eventually it's fourth and 21. And then basically Elijah Surratt, wide receiver, kind of took over the game for like four minutes straight. Um, yeah. he, he caught the, the fourth and 21 pass uh, with a corner or safety draped on him. Uh, ran his next play to the pylon and caught a diving catch at the pylon, which uh, did they, was it like very blatantly in on TV, Jordan? Yeah, it was. He caught it kind of on his his uh, goalpost side shoulder okay. is where the ball was positioned, right. and as he was going out, that was clearly across. okay because it, it was I, it was right in front of us, and I was surprised they didn't review it because it looked very iffy. Um, so miracle touchdown, and then we run. Good, excellent. We run for the two point conversion, and Elijah Surratt taps his right foot to tie it at 20 20. And so everybody's going nuts. Um, sound like Brad at Bridgeforth. The streamers are flying, there's streamers, streamers are flying. It was literally an entire game's worth of stream. It was so many streamers because we had not scored touchdowns the whole day, so everybody still had that MF and thing on them, and it was so many streamers. Um, then Let's see. Uh, what was the next thing that happened? Oh, and App uh, State kind of marched down. Yeah, App State, it got nervy because App State had like a full minute to work with, and they the the quarterback finally made a bad decision, and and he, he would kind of you know he was pressing a little bit, had to with he like ten seconds left, and yeah, and through the arm punt, uh, freshman cornerback picked picked it off to end regulation. Uh, first play, like all the momentum is going our way. First play, yeah, uh, in overtime, Elijah Surratt like a perfect stop route and catches the ball down to like the seven. And then, all right, first down. Well, before you get here, yeah, I, I, as a fan, like loathe situations where my team has first and goal at like the eight or the yes. nine. Oh, that, the is, worst. that is like the worst piece Preach. of real estate on a football field. Yep. It's super that uncomfortable. Is, is and I was, I was immediately uncomfortable. And so first down play, they went back to Surratt. Uh, he ran a slant and, Perfectly fine play call. He's got the hot hand. The slant is really good from like six yards out. I think he was um, maybe throwing that pass away because he sailed that very high, and it looked like he maybe sailed it. I mean, I it was if... like exceedingly high. I thought I thought maybe he was just yeah. throwing it away because like it was just a take a look, and if it's there, like throw it and like hit it in there, and otherwise right. just like get, like there there seemed to be no other option on that play anyway. So, but I and I, I, I don't know. That was throw away. But that was that was his miss all day, so it was tough for me to tell. There also seemed to be some holding of the jersey, but it also seemed like it could have been uncatchable. So wasn't worried uh, about that. I think that. it was like extremely uncatchable. That's why I thought he threw it away. Wasn't, but okay. that was just my. Opinion. I did. I did not have an angle, so okay. I, I trust you. Um, second play, mildly defensible. Uh, the weird, very slow swing pass to the short. So they're, again, they're on the left hash. They run it to the left. Yeah, really Short weird. Of the build stuff is always interesting to me. Uh, God, and like especially when you have speed a speed option on the short like, side of the field is great, though. I love that. Uh, don't get me started. Um, the, like when you have a receiver who's like kind of unguardable at the time, like why would you not give him space to work? Anyways, we'll get back to that. So they run the swing pass. Apparently, I think McLeod kind of missed somebody. Uh, somebody had like 
cut back against the grain and was kind of sat down in the middle with nobody really near him in the back of the end zone. But he tries to force the swing and doesn't. We don't get anywhere. I think it was an incomplete pass. And then we run everybody's favorite third and goal play. The fade to the short side of the field. And, you know, that's just what you want from a quarterback who has had no touch all day. Um, I that, hate that. That play hate, call just, it was so bad. I hated call. it. Yeah. It was like, awful. You need to have um, Keyshawn Johnson on your team in order to call that play. Like, like you need it, to have. It just drove like, me, oh, yeah. it's, you don't have, you don't have Megatron? Oh, it sounds like it's a bad idea. And like, I don't, it made me so frustrated. And so. If, any, if you're going to throw the point, fade, you got to throw the slot fade to the wide side of the field and like, let the, right. let the outside oh, like yeah. receiver, like create some interference across the DB's yep. face and then try to dot drop it into that back pylon. At least like let him throw it farther too. That's the well, thing. Yeah, I hate Catch I hate it. I'm with you. It's it's not even like something that they can run on you because you only have like six yards of space to work with. So even if you snap it and immediately throw it, it's just gonna be a jump ball. And like it, anyway, that just a horrific third down play call. Yeah, and that was it, that was a tough sequence. Off. Just like, um, especially because yeah. you kind of like the first play seemed to be a bit of a throwaway, which was weird. But I mean, I, I'm not yeah, saying he was it, throwing it away. I'm just saying like the play itself was like a it either was like going to be a touchdown. Yeah, it was, or it was like no, it's not going to work. It was, yeah, a, right. it was a heat check. It was a heat check, which is a perfectly like I get it, it happens. Yes. And so, and so, anyways, we kicked the field goal and then their first play from scrimmage. They did the um, exact same thing and completely like a 17 yard path. Like the first two plays of overtime were identical yeah, the same like, point. for both teams. Like yeah. it was, and so they get down to the to the eight and everybody's going nuts. And then I I I don't even remember if it was the very next play or like we stopped them once or twice, but they run a drag route at like the two and like three missed arm tackles later, guy gets like spun yeah, kind who, of whoever number two needed to come with a lot more yeah. conviction than he came with. Did and, not did not have the gusto. It does, but the point is, keep, you got to get them. You got to get them out. Keep them out of the end zone. Not like yeah. just go for the tackle. And you know, mm-hmm. he did. He did like like swing the ball around wildly and like half fumble it. Um, but I think he like in one so of his like on his whip, first whip, rotation, his I believe he, around, broke the he got plane into the end zone. And, yeah, yeah. The and then yeah, there was this huge controversy because <laughs> yeah, it was of, the double axle on, that caused the on the yeah the double axle. The ball comes loose, flies out the side of the end zone. So at that point. The, the, the refs, uh, they said the play's under everybody. App State's going nuts. They're all charging the field. They clear everybody off the field and say the play's under review. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, the game is over one way or another here. Like, either it's a touchdown or he fumbled it out of the end zone. So, and they, they reviewed it for not very long because I think it was yeah. it was probably clear yeah. on their so, angle. And Jason, I have a question um, about the uh, game day stadium experience at Bridgeforth Stadium. Sure. Um, it sounded from my apartment like there were fireworks and or a cannon involved so that's cool i i'm streaming this game on my laptop and because i don't have cable i have the Hulu the delay. delay yeah right so i'm watching and it's like, happening James like James a quarter scored. mile from where your butt is like yeah, sitting. yeah jamie hasn't scored and i'm like watching them on offense and i hear just this explosion and i was like oh that's strange i haven't heard that all afternoon and then i saw jamie yeah. score their first touchdown so now i'm like great i know what the delay is i know like if i hear a bang it is good for jmu <laughs> so it happens on the second touchdown if I hear and then bang. they go and review the play on on my stream feed and then a bang goes off and i was like oh my gosh they overturned it like they blew the call jmu one and they whistled to get dead so i was like why are they setting off fireworks after they just announced yeah you you did lose 
Oh. So it's it, it's it is it's the the ROTC the the ROTC department has a cannon and it's used for various things like they they fire it an hour out of the game to like get people to come into the stadium and then they fire it after every jam you touchdown but then they fire it at the end of the game no okay. matter the result it's just like okay. the horn basically and so that's what happened but I've gotten I've gotten asked that question by multiple people who were like watching it on delay and thought they're like Jamie Wolf and they didn't and so. Unfortunate timing, but it is a very normal thing. All right. Well, good to have yeah. that clarified. Yep. Glad they're making use so. of the cannon too. You know, you got to get your money's worth out of that training uh, exercise. Absolutely. Tell you. Absolutely. So, artillery. Well, that, that sucks for JMU. Um, it was a beautiful it scene does. to to see. Uh, love to see Harrisonburg on game day. It it photographs very well. JMU photographs very well. A lot of people there. It seems like the game day crew enjoys their time in Harrisonburg. Um, McAfee was rocking uh, on Friday. The uh, JMU football sleeveless out on the set yep. was looking like just a, a real buffoon, which I love. Um, so, yeah, good times. Yeah, it was, I mean, all in all, a, a wonderful JMU weekend. Does JMU have uh, a losing fun. record when game day is involved? Yes, we are now one and two on okay, game that's day what games. I thought. Um, Interesting. Which is a bummer, but it, it just one didn't seem... This one didn't seem like a focus thing. It was just like... A weird when time you, for when you said earlier when you said earlier in the week that there was like multiple offensive linemen that were going to be out also Andy like Lyman. Andy Lyman yeah. like that to me like I thought about yeah. maybe just doing a little bit of a emotional hedge sprinkle on the uh, on oh, the on the on the on the nears nine and, and a half I even said nine and a half was a big line at the beginning it seemed big so, so you know hindsight's yeah. twenty twenty um Einstein's really good and they 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 got a lot of people back from injury in the last few weeks and. Yeah, that the thing I was talking about is it's worth remembering that JMU is out two of its it, not only its two starting offensive tackles but two all conference starting all offensive tackles and its two starting defensive ends one of whom is one of the three or four best defensive players in the group of five um, and so yeah you know you don't want to it's it's easy to say this super easy to say this afterwards and nobody knows for sure but it feels like Jalen Green probably makes a difference in that game because we could not yeah. get pressure to an otherwise sure fairly average App State quarterback. Um, and so, you know, a couple pressures here and there, and maybe that game's different. And so, anyways, it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's really good to go undefeated, as it turns out, against a really good conference and teams that, you know, it's worth pointing out, JMU fans, uh, fairly large for their britches at this point uh, in the season. Sure. And so, oh, that's a, lot what of, I'm a, lot of, a lot of teams want to beat JMU, and, and that's perfectly good. Like, Games like yesterday, like why we joined the Sun Belt. Like of course. That, that's like that game doesn't happen in FCS football until like the it national semifinals. And it does just mean more. Um, I, I am really excited for the two big for their bridges, JMU fans that are going to fire up the we don't want game day in town anymore uh, train. If they oh, that, win, if I assure you that happened up. before this week. 100% oh, yeah, right. it happened before. Like, this we week. lost to Richmond one time when game day was in town. No, I, so I, I, I read those. And read those message board posts. It did one hundred percent happened. Um, you know, never mind the fact that we had you know twenty five thousand people on the quad. You can't and... properly lock the gates when game day yeah. interferes. God forbid. The so, team is not. Anyways, tough, tough game Signetti. result. Wonderful weekend. Between uh, game day up, and and the Syracuse job coming open, Coach Signetti does not know. <laughs> Get him out of town. He doesn't know what he's what doing. Going on. He doesn't know how to focus the boys. Um, <laughs> and it was worth pointing out. Jamie is still in the AP poll, number twenty four, despite good. the loss. Oh, good for them. Uh, the same, the same level in the people as the men's basketball team at the moment. So good that. for our colleagues in the media for not completely penalizing yeah. the dudes. It was a sensible, it was a sensible drink. 
Okay, thank you, Jason, uh, and you know, thank you to all the Duke fans for a very special Saturday. <laughs> Speaking of Dukes, we're gonna go to Duke at UVA. Oh no, no, no. Uh, yeah, no, Duke, Duke at UVA. Who's welcomed? Yeah. Uh, welcome to home home win against a right. against a a full on FCS team, FBS team, geez, please. Um, and uh, yeah. Awesome times. I watched uh, like some of the second half of this. It seemed like Anthony Klander was getting off. I saw some design QB runs. I saw some good situational football. I saw just what you wanted to see. I was happy, uh, happy with the performance. I've had a lot of very negative things to say on this podcast this year. It was really good to see. They seemed like genuinely so happy. Tony Elliott seemed very happy. Calandria was doing the full, like, all shucks, yes, ma'am thing after the game, and I loved it. Um, but he made it very clear that they were going to have a good time last night, and I hope they did. I agree. I, like, I think it is, it is certainly not nothing that this team is still playing hard. Yes. Despite not having Certainly. anything Definitely. to play for uh, in terms Holy of postseason. Um, like, Calandria, like, yes, we sometimes exaggerate, like, his his uh, ceiling or his future prospect. But, like, the jump he has made in just the five or six games he has started, like, he looked, he looked very seasoned. And hey, he's a true thinking. freshman, right? Yeah, he enrolled wow. in January um, of last, you know, so he's most like people, one of those. Most people do now, but yeah, well, probably maybe not at EVA. Enrollees, but yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, he like 21 for 30, I think, no interceptions, like made some good. Okay, it's not there. I'm just going to, you know, scrap it and either throw it away or tuck it and run and shake somebody. Um, those are always fun. Um, but yeah, like. That yes, Duke is missing their their wonder kid quarterback. Um, this is not the Duke of September or early October, but uh, I was really impressed with how physical Virginia looked against what we were led to believe was a very physical, mm-hmm. uh, assertive, well coached defense. defense. Right. Um, that's encouraging to see. Um, so yeah, I. I come away from that game very proud of what Tony Elliott uh, did at least this past week and excited for, you know, excited for the Commonwealth Cup just to see how how nasty it gets. Um, Yeah. I like, I I long to see Anthony Calandry like four years of of that game and like really, really become... uh, kind of a shyster in in a few ways that would yeah be fun. like savvy yeah i build build his his savviness to add to his sort well, of uh funness would be will be nice i'm thinking you didn't see all this game but i saw we saw enough calendar highlights and i agree it like it seems like calendar has already made steps in terms of like poise and decision making without sacrificing what makes him good which is his like yeah i can definitely make that throw and yeah like I think that's a really tough balance to strike, and sure. so if he continues to do that, I think he's going to be very, very good and, well, yeah, and still very, very fun. That like balance is something that both plagues and benefits Josh Allen in the NFL, right? Like 
certainly. Sure. He thinks he can make any throw, and that yeah. burns him sometimes, but it also, like, produces yeah. incredible highlights. Jameis. I thought, yeah, I thought, like, the the touchdown Calandria threw to Malachi Fields, uh, where which, like, put it in a bread basket for him around the defender's back. Um, that was one of those throws where it's like, yeah, it's probably not there, but it's also not one where if you take a shot, you're yeah. not in danger of a bad interception. Either. Sure, right. Um, so finding those spots, picking those spots, you know, that's important. And it's it's pretty remarkable that he seems to be growing in that already, and it's not going to take him a full off-season fall ball, things of those natures. Um, UVA did have a couple guys leave the game late with injuries. Uh, one of their starting offensive linemen yeah, that was, was among those. So, and that was kind of a weird situation where they're like, yeah, he just kind of went down on his own accord during a, a dead ball or during a huddle or something. So it looked like he was like maybe limping a little bit, but it was hard to tell. What yeah, was hard to say. So hopefully, uh, being an offensive lineman can, seems he can terrible. Be back for for next week, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no there, good. There was one school in the Commonwealth that could handle the pressure of, of game day being within state lines, <laughs> being right on the other side of the mountain. That's true. Uh, before we get to the other school, uh, UNC was at Clemson. Guys, Clemson is Clemson back? People are asking if Clemson's back. Mm. They beat Maybe. they beat North Carolina. Legendary. They, they legendary. were down early in this game, and man, I was licking my chops. <laughs> like, oh, delicious. Uh, delicious. This was one of those matchups where I was like. Somebody's got to lose, and yeah, that's going to be awesome. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think Clemson has looked – I mean, I haven't, like, exactly studied Clemson because they're not a, the most fun-to-watch bunch, but um, I think they've made some strides over the past. I think they were starting to turn the corner, and then, you know, you, you still lose a game here and there if you're not, like, a great team. I don't think they're a great team. I think their defense is really good, and uh, um, I think their offense has come along. So, I mean, that's all you can really ask for if you're not going to win the ACC and win the national championship. And, you know, especially in a year like this where you're probably taking more losses than you want to. North Carolina, on the other hand, is like absolutely hit skids here. Um, you know, they were like, ooh, they could beat Florida State story. good. And then they lost Virginia and they've lost at Clemson. They, I mean, they just – they don't Tech. seem to – Georgia Tech. Yeah, Georgia yeah. Tech. I mean, they've like lost some bad ones and then lost like the get-up-for-it ones too. I mean, didn't they barely beat Miami? So th this was their third loss, correct? At yes. least, yeah. Those were the yeah. those were the three losses: Virginia, Georgia. But it's State, odd that it feels like way like they could easily be six and five right now. Yeah, it, it feels like their season has fully derailed, and they're I think they're still ranked. Like, yeah, they're still they're eight, eight they're eight and three. Yeah, I think they um, weren't they like six and zero, oh, and then now they've gone two and three in their last five, and they have losses of Virginia. But don't worry. Losses of Virginia, Mac, Georgia Tech. Mac will be back. He's yes. already planning and yeah. plotting. He's, and got, he's got spring ball with penciled in already. Right. So, but they they go to NC State this week, and I don't know. That game feels very tenuous, which I don't think was probably the case a month ago. Is that, Speaking of does NC that State. does that say more about NC State or about North Carolina though? Because I feel like NC State is the kind of team that like. 
they're just every game is a little bit tenuous. Like they could be they I am never yeah. surprised by an any NC State result. And that is I mean, they put the pause on Virginia Tech for like the three quarters of the game yeah. on, on Saturday. Virginia Tech started slinging it around. Connor Whitehouse was in the building for this one in attendance. I did I saw see that. some Instagram activity. Yeah, we had we had an inside man there. Shout out, happy birthday, sweet day. Um but uh yeah, I mean I I, I didn't see any of this NC State uh situation connor reported that virginia tech finally started throwing the ball well in the i guess second half when things got closer this very much looked like the yeah this very much looked like the like valiant comeback on paper that was probably not as close as that's 100 what it was it was it was 35 14 like five minutes into the fourth quarter the game was over so. But, you know, congrats to Robert and I and Brennan Armstrong winning yes. half of a Commonwealth Cup there. So. <laughs> finally like, I mean, today. I'm stoked for Brennan Armstrong. Yeah. He looked like he was having fun. I think he ran for two tuds on, on this one. Um, it would right. appear that, like, they have morphed him into, like, the running quarterback, which is interesting because I always felt like that was, like, I liked when he ran at UVA, but I never, I never was like, oh, let's do that more. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like he was, it was deployed well at UVA, um, or at least the good version of him deployed. The well. best version of him was like the first half of that BYU game <laughs> where it was just pure cocaine all, <laughs> all, all 40 minutes or however long that was. And then it kind yes. of tapered off. It did, it, it, it did kind of taper off. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then last uh, nightcap, Florida at Mizzou, a fun one. Um, this one stung a little bit, uh, yeah. for sure. It was a yeah. tough, tough L for the Gators. Um, we mentioned Graham Mertz going out in the sort of the beginning of the second half. Really like a slow and kind of gross first half of football in this game, kind of for both teams. Missouri should have been up, I think, by way more at halftime. Shout out to Florida's defense for keeping them in the game in the first half. But uh, it was like seven 13 to seven or 10 to seven at halftime i think missouri and um then like i was on fyi i was i was involved on the over in this game at 57 and a half so i was uh sweating a little bit at halftime with a total of like 17 and the third quarter like i think the thing happened that we kind of expected to happen both teams started moving the ball it was sort of the it, it kind of got to the point where it was like the one of these defense needs to make a stop or whichever team has the ball last is going to win kind of situation and that turned it out i guess to be true ultimately but um yeah so Mertz goes down max brown was the quarterback's name i apologize to max for not remembering his name uh earlier in the uh in the podcast but max uh comes in and in kind of really tough uh circumstance drives florida down into scoring range and then just inexplicably blows a handoff that gets recovered by missouri um and that's when you kind of think like oh they're gonna blow this open but um missouri i think scores and florida then gets the ball back and scores there's sort of an exchange of scores there and then florida gets a, like a stop like just a, a just a three three and out stop and it seemed very out of character for the game at that point so then florida gets the ball back with a chance to with like four minutes to go and a chance to take the lead, and they did. Um, they only needed a field goal, though. They were down by two, uh, and they only needed a field goal. They get down into easy field goal range and just, you know, try to waste some time, force Missouri to call a timeout so you can kick your field goal. And uh, unfortunately, Mr. Etienne did not stay in bounds on one of the plays, saved a timeout. 
Um, it's kind of like the inverse Mario Crystal Ball situation. Uh, saved a timeout from Mizzou that they ended up cashing in before they uh, a like fourth and seventeen play that was. Uh, I well, mean, yeah, yeah. I remember the timeout was failure. not to like save time. It, it was, was to it was to relook at. Yeah, I think it was to like over. yeah. Let's look this over. Um, Missouri converts a fourth and seventeen from like the twenty yard line uh, to get basically all the way out to uh, Harrison Mevis's uh, field goal range, and then subsequently somehow still gets a couple plays off to get even closer to where it's like a very makeable field goal for Mevis, and of course he makes it. So that's the end of the game. Um, Florida tries a little pitchy, pitchy, woo woo at the end. It doesn't really go, uh, obviously, Kid that well. Complete so. the pass to get the pitchy started. Well, that's true, but then they put one second back on the clock, and and then they did run another play, and they did complete the pass, but the the pitchy was was denied. Oh, I didn't even see that. No, it was funny. I think I was changed it, away. From was it the Katie chair. George was on the was the she was the sideline um, reporter. She was there, and she like she's interviewing coach Drinkwitz, and then all of a sudden you hear her scream one second left everybody <laughs> like and like and, the, and it cuts away from her and you just hear her yelling this and they're like clearing the field Drinkwitz is like gesticulating wildly to his team like get back on the field and they put one second you hear like the ref sheepishly sheepishly come out and put one second back on it was very it's very reminiscent of the end of the tennessee game florida tennessee game which like really are we really doing this like putting it one second back on the clock just so, like just not yeah so um Anyhow, it, it was a tough one for the Gators. I, I do, I do think that there was a lot more to be happy about in this performance than there has been in some of their recent, like gutting losses. Um, I think I'm kind of like fully come around to the fact that Florida's offense is totally fine and in some cases even good, and um, a very decimated like offensive line situation they were able to they've been able to move the ball i was i i saw some weird comparisons like they're moving the ball they're, they're averaging as many yards per game as the dan mullen 2019 gators that almost won the sec did wow. and which is like 420 yards per game granted some of that is probably because your defense is so bad that you get the ball back a lot but um the defense is giving up like 150 more yards per game than that defense did and it's just uh it continues to be kind of tough. It was really tough to see them give up a fourth and 17. Um, you know, you could say there's some unluckiness uh, here and there for the Gators, but it does appear that like anytime Florida makes a mistake, we talked about this before it bites them in the, like extremely and, you know, little things like ETN not going out of bounds or going out of bounds when he should have just got down Um to force Missouri to call another timeout or let 40 seconds go off the clock comes back and, and, and bites them. Right. You know, they, not to say that Missouri drew up a great play on fourth and 17 because Florida seemed very soft in coverage there, but um, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, just the nature of we are starting a drive without any timeouts. Like yes, you're calling different plays. You're calling everything is to the sideline. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and then there's just, yeah, there was like, uh, we were talking just like bad breaks. So I think Florida's like starting nickel corner. Jaden Hill is currently playing with like a giant club on one hand and absolutely got drilled in the numbers by a, a pass from the Missouri quarterback and could not catch it because of this reason, you know? And then like, I think Missouri, did Missouri score like one play late, one play later. And it's like, oh man, that sucks. You know, you basically like, ah, had an interception that, um, so I don't know. There was just some, some, uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but 
15 point underdog on the road. I, I, I thought Florida like acquitted themselves. Well, I, I, like I said, was interested in seeing the Florida offense with like a little bit more of a running threat, a quarterback. Um, and I thought Max played fine. So weird game with Florida state coming up. I mean, huge, huge rivalry yeah. game, uh, game for a bowl game. If you care, if you're a Gator fan, um, or a Gator player and you want to play in a bowl game, um, you know, certainly just like an interesting matchup. Probably you would say winnable because of the quarterback situation at FSU, but also Florida's defense seems to be down to make any quarterback's highlight tape uh, better. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I don't really know what to make of it, but um, yeah. yeah. That was a tough, I'm, like the announcers were, oh, they are a fourth and 17 away from becoming bowl eligible. And it looks so improbable. And oh, I, like, yeah. Oh, now it's not. I let myself, <laughs> back to- I let myself believe a little bit. Like yeah, it was, absolutely. it was all there. I mean, it's fourth and 17. So, um, uh, I am seeing an early line for the Gators Knowles game. It's at, it's have, in, it's have in either Gaines- of you seen this? I have not. All right. It is in Gainesville. It is a 7 PM kickoff. Florida state seven and a half. I was going to say five and a half. Well, split the difference and you arrive at six and a half, hmm. which is yeah. the correct answer. Well, teamwork makes the dream work. That's right. Out of boy, Jason. The wheel route conglomerate marches on. That's the wheel route difference. Right. <laughs> we set odds around right. here, but uh, we move lines. We're like Phil Mickelson. <laughs> we move lines. <laughs> All right, Jordan, take us to Pickville. Regrettably. All right. Or not. Pickville. Uh, Kind of a middling week again for the lads. Yeah, we're we're just kind of just bobbing around to the surface. Uh, hey, I'm happy. I'm happy to be on the on the good side of things. You know, Jason, yeah, you're making up some ground. Three, uh, Logan and I both went three and two. Jason, this is uh, your third consecutive week. Yeah. Of two and three them. So just, just that's I'm that's I'm just middling it right now. I don't just know if you need great. to eat a different breakfast on Wednesdays and I gotta, maybe I gotta, we got we got to find something in the locker room to change your up. Bio it's, corrected. It's also but. affected the uh, the live bullets. I've I've been on the wrong side of a couple uh, like one or two play decisions that have have cost me quite a bit. And anyways, that's a yeah. that's a rant for another time. But listen, we're well, focused it, on the it, process. It's funny because like I'll I'll bet all five of mine in a parlay straight up with like which ends up being like 25 to one or something yeah see what happens and then i'll you know just like itty bitty sprinkle on that but then i'll tease i'll do like a six and a half point or seven point teaser on all five of them and i've hit a couple of those but it's like i can hit i can hit the teaser in weeks where on the sheet i go two and three yeah i went three and two but because utah did not show Ugh. up God. for football activities Obliterated. on Saturday. Yeah, they got blitzed. Um, my teaser lost as well. So Utah was at Arizona. This was the 2.30 p.m. Pac-12 special. Um, Thought it was a weird line, and it, I guess not. It was weird. Uh, Arizona <laughs> ballyhooed out to a 28 nothing lead, I believe. Yeah, that was um, strange. Utah finished with 10 points. I think it was 35-10 was the final score. Sounds right. Um. But hey, Utah gets Cam Rising back next year, so hope look sp- out, Wildcats! Hope, hope springs that, eternal. That you might oh. not be playing again. So. The final score uh, omitted two touchdowns in the final forty-five seconds, so the final score was actually forty-two eighteen. Oh, wow! Oh, was it really? Yeah, the pig farmer. I don't know what happened. It, it seems 
I, I didn't see this game because I was out and about in Harrisonburg, but so Utah scored and hit a two-point conversion with 45 seconds left to make it 35-18. Then I guess kicked an onside kick because like the next play is a 51 <laughs> touchdown pass. And I don't know if that was like a little dump off and run or if they would screw it and Dude, you know, they, another issue that's with awesome. this game is that it was on the Pac-12 network, uh, and I was right. like, I was looking for it when I got home uh, from my morning, early afternoon activities, and couldn't find it anywhere. And then I saw on the ESPN scoreboard that, oh yes, it's on the channel that nobody gets. Nobody has. So, <laughs> it is funny. Uh, the over/under for this game was forty-five and a half, according to ESPN, which means they were under by half a point with a minute left on the clock. And then they blitzed the over by yeah. uh, Psych. 15 points. Suck it, underbetters. <laughs> so, so that was Utah, Arizona. Yeah, it was, Utah, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see a down of this, but it was hideous. So Utah okay. losing kind of an uncharacteristic amount of games they should probably win this season. But, you know, yeah, they have some limitations. And, Arizona's and, got eight wins, right? They're good. Yeah, they're plucky. Yeah. Jed Fish. He's a gator. Jed Jed Fish. Maybe he wants to coach at College Station. He's like one of those guys that like legendarily like wrote a letter to Steve Spurrier like every day when he was at UF to like ask him to like do something and eventually like I don't know, got to like get Spurrier coffee or golf teas or something and you know, look at him now. When I type uh when I type Jed Fish into Google, the first thing that comes up is Jed Fish Michigan State. Oh. So it had Turns out that he spent a couple years at the University of Michigan under Harbaugh. He was the pass game coordinator. Huh. Does he have any overlap with uh, one Connor Stallions? Is that a business? I can't imagine the pass game coordinator for Harbaugh's offense is like really like logging in a forty-hour week. You know. Super, yeah. So super you got time to job. you know go watch other games at other stadiums or play He's golf. Also like your. He's what? He's a gator. Yeah. yeah. Steve Martin was a prop comic. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Georgia what, Tennessee. 330. Uh, yeah, guys, listen. Georgia's good. Nothing, nothing in the world is more certain than Georgia to be up by more than six and a half points at halftime of a football game. So you guys, just free info for you guys out there. Print the money. Do print the money two weeks in a row. We are cashing that MF and Thang. Um, didn't want anything in the major of the big the big line on this one, but Georgia well covered that as well. 38 to 10 was the final. Georgia looks good, man. Beck looked so good in this game. Um, yeah. He was like stepping on some throws too, which uh, – which was interesting to see. So, I mean, listen, troubling to see a lot of cognitive dissonance in my life these days, but um, the George uh, Carson Beck looks really good. Georgia's offense is kind of rounding into form where I thought like maybe they were a little bit just lacking from like the efficiency they had last year, but yeah, turns out if you got really awesome players and they're all pretty healthy, things are going to go well for you. And Hey, like credit to Mike Bobo. Right, sure, because he is a guy who historically has not put together the most imaginative or exciting offensive interesting attacks. at all in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, like even even the growth that Georgia's offense has shown this season, um, from game to game, is pretty remarkable given who's at the helm. And like, yes, yeah, some of that is Carson Beck is coming into his own and he is making uh leaps 
similar to those of Anthony Calandria. But um, yeah, like Mike Bobo, guy guy who adapts and evolves. Apparently, sure. Who knew? All right. Uh, if we want to talk about a team who does not evolve <laughs> or adapt, the Iowa Hawkeyes hosted the Illinois Fighting Illini. But whose commitment to who they are is just as inspiring as, Mike Bobo's, as Mike Bobo's adaptation abilities. <laughs> uh, this game was 3-2 after a quarter. Love that. Love to see yeah. that screenshot. Illinois came away with the dub. In a, I think it was 15-12. Iowa. Iowa, Iowa came away with the dub. 15-13. Iowa 15-13. Iowa storms back to win this one. Um, yeah. yeah. The full cast mentioned that there was a lot of like people coming up to uh, uh, Ference, the OC Ference on the sideline and like patting him on the back at the end of this game. Like, yeah, bro, we like we did it, man. Like, just... Yeah, we <laughs> ran the clock out. <laughs> Hilarious, but the uh, difference in literally the the difference in scoring margin for the game was the opening safety. So I don't know if that kind of qualifies. It's something worth pointing out that the line was uh, Iowa minus three, and with four minutes and forty three seconds left, they got the extra point blocked on the go ahead touchdown and won by two. So I feel like yesterday was a big day for blocked extra points. It happened in several it was, games. Yeah, Texas. Yeah. Um. Kansas, Kansas State. If Illinois would have run this one back, it would have been 15 15. And that, that would have awesome. been sick. Yes. Very yeah. sick. Uh, yeah. Not, not much to say here. Iowa can, it, Big Ten, your Big Ten West champs, Iowa, in the last year of the Big Ten West. So, yeah. Congratulations. It's always funny watching, watching Iowa quench, clinch their side of the conference before, because yeah. we've had it's to always wait the week for before the Michigan, game, Michigan yeah. State game to resolve who the opponent is. So, have fun, Iowa. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this game Kansas hit State. the under again. So yes, it did. kudos to everybody. Ugh. Kansas State was at Kansas at 7 p.m. This was a fun game, guys. Despite yeah, the absence of one Mr. Bean. Um, yeah, the teams were moving the ball up and down the field. We had pads popping. We had an aforementioned blocked extra point that got returned for the full two points. Yes, that's two. Uh, I mentioned in the group chat, these are always fun refreshers for me when they happen because it's like, oh, yeah, it is worth two. Oh, right. It's yes. yeah. yeah. I watched zero plays of this game, unfortunately. Just uh, I watched I watched some of this game. Um, and it um, Kansas looked feisty. Kansas, yeah. uh, it, it super does not look fun to defend Kansas's offense. They are just... I like Always their OC. Moving. I've got my eyes on that guy. Just saying. He's, oh, he's Devin Neal is I so would. fast. He's one I have my yeah. eyes on. Yeah, Devin Neal uh, gashed Kansas State uh, and seemingly never got touched near the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah, uh, Kansas was game. And I, I think, you know, everything we said in the picks episode was true. Like, Kansas State was more physical and all that stuff. But, like, it, all that doesn't matter if, like, you kind of get lost for a second and a half as the ball gets handoff or play action happens or something like that. They just couldn't get hands on people. And Kansas just abused that all day. Um, and, and Kansas State pulled it out. But, you know, that in terms of talent or, you know, footballing, that Kansas State team should probably be beating this Kansas team by two touchdowns. But, gosh, Kansas is super fun to watch on offense. And yeah. a pretty game on defense. I don't think Kansas State's going to be, like, throwing up points on many people. But 
they, you know, Kansas kept them in check for most of the game. So, yeah, this was a fun one to watch. And like, I admittedly had it on kind of in the background of the game we're going to talk about next. But um, every time I would look up, I was like, ooh, that looks fun. You know, this, they're not yeah. lollygagging in, yeah. in Manhattan or, or no, they would have been in uh, Lawrence. In Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. Apologies to Lawrence and Fall Gallant, the other house. <laughs> How dare you? The first place in basketball. Uh, final game of the night was Washington at Oregon State. The chainsaws were out. Oof. Chainsaws were out. This looked, uh, it looked so disgusting to be out in the mix there. Like, there were times where Michael Penix was just like looking at, like, you could see him just looking into, into the driving rain. Like, we've at, all, like, we've in, all made in, that look oh, before. Yeah, in, like, you know what huddle. that is. But usually it's like you do it and then you get to go inside. And he did it for like three and a half hours. I'm just How, like, what was the temperature? Was it like 50 degrees and like driving rain? I mean, that is. I hope it was that warm. We played in the opening yeah. game of a, of a soccer season one year. We played and we lost to Stewart's draft at home. And it was like, 40 degrees and raining sideways and that i think was the most miserable i've ever been in my life um i remember that and i was just thinking about that like man just imagine being out there playing football getting like tackled and stuff uh so anyhow that was, that was, I, was, I think jordan you you pointed out that herb street was a one point like it feels like the conditions are making sense. Like, yeah, well it didn't even like he didn't even terrible. say it like that there was a okay <laughs> washington fumbles and then oregon State yeah it was back to right back after and he's yeah. like you know you had yeah, maybe the conditions are contributing to this, but and then he went on some tangent about da 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 da. I was like, yeah, dude, they're definitely contributing that, to this. Was this a full night game? That's all this is. This kicked at seven thirty p.m. Eastern. Okay, so Herbie hops on a bird from Shenandoah Valley and gets out there. Man, what a yep. day! What a day! Well, and it was funny. To, <laughs> so I was. And he he does the Thursday night NFL game yeah. with uh, Amazon. So he and Al Michaels were talking about, and Al said something on the Thursday night broadcast about like, so this guy, he's going to be in in Virginia. Where is it? Charlottesville? And, and Herbie's like, no, no, Harrisonburg, Harrisonburg. He's like, so you're going to be in Harrisonburg, and then you're getting on a plane, and you're going to – call the Oregon State game and he's like how many people do you think are taking the Harrisonburg to Corvallis flight on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah not many not many <laughs> that is some classic old guy banter right there I was gonna say that is it was, yeah it was so funny hearing Al Michaels just be like oh Harrisonburg Harrisonburg <laughs> <laughs> that is great uh I watched I I kind of was monitoring this game it sort of seemed like time stood not time stood still but like did not I, did nothing happen in like the third quarter i mean i guess there was like a 10 minute drive involved nothing, one nothing really happened oregon in the state, second right? half washington yeah. didn't score in the second half there was an oregon state touchdown in the third and a field goal in the fourth and then nothing for the last and 10 washington minutes just a game. struggled to get yeah. anything going there were some like there's some bad drops but there are also just like yeah this this is not, got a rhythm we should yeah. not probably should not be throwing yeah. this much, but to Oregon State's credit, like they they clamped down on Washington's run enough that Washington wasn't able to lean on it the way they have yep. in in some of their wins the past couple of weeks against top twenty five teams. And they did, I think they did, a, and, and to Herbstreit's credit, I think he pointed this out. Like they did a good job in the secondary of like 
you're not going to get an easy dump off very often. So like if you're going to complete a pass, you've got to sail that thing 17 yards through grossness and that's through not easy for anybody. And then your receiver has to hang on to has it to, when it gets Yeah, there. exactly. And no like no part of that was fun. Strikes, but he throws yeah. He throws such a fastball sometimes. Gosh, that but does like, not look fun to catch. Yeah, that's not the ball you want to be receiving. The, yep. There was one that he threw that like looked like the receiver like pushed off pretty bad on. Um, I it might have been the touch. Was it a touchdown? I don't know, but it was just like yeah, the, the ball was spinning so fast through the rain. Like <laughs> yeah. he throws like with a extremely high spin rate. Has the to RPMs are off, but just like you could see like the, the one the jet that the chemtrails off the back of the ball, like as it was piercing through the. Uh, they did the, the they did the like well he's got giant hands and then they showed yeah. pictures and he definitely yeah. has giant yeah, hands. Yeah, see so. the the pointer finger on his on his left <laughs> yeah. hand is touching the tip of the ball. All right. <laughs> I mean, I guess weird, man. Okay. I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> it is worth it is worth pointing out that between this game and Jaden Daniels making mincemeat of Georgia State, it's going to be tough sledding for the uh, Michael Penix Jr. Heisman campaign. Penix fund has an uphill battle. Well, and Bo, like it and does. Bo Nix, so the, yeah, still like, going off. So I think I think who, Penix is Bo a, Nix a is solid the odd third. On, I think Bo Nix yeah. is the odd on, odds on favorite right now. Daniels is. Daniels okay. is like the update like I saw possible. this morning had had like negative odds for Nick. So I saw Daniels minus 125, Nick's plus 300, Dane or Penix plus six. Gotcha. But that could all change again in a week. Oh, I, yeah, it does. Right. I mean, they, they showed like the odds changing like week by week. And it's like, oh man, this is so, this is such a sucker game. Like yeah. <laughs> to do this on the Heisman <laughs> of all things. It's like, which, so obviously we did it. And yeah. Well, I mean, actually. Yeah. While Jason was in another state because uh, That's Virginia right. is not as free of a commonwealth as some other correct. commonwealths. There's no rules state. in Maryland. So. <laughs> it's people don't know this is not Maryland. Maryland is the Florida of the Delmarva Peninsula. Yeah. That's right. It's just lawless. <laughs> There's no Unbelievable. rules. Absolutely lawless. Um, well, I'm trudging on on the Hard Rock Bet app. You guys will be happy to know. So things are things are still looking, and we're sticking to the process. We're up over 100. percent So you know, glad to have you trudging at all, Logan. Yeah, it's just <laughs> you and me both. I got I, I get up early on my Saturday. I I, I go over the board. I'm, I'm firing bullets. Dude, there's nothing like the post coffee poop and just like scrolling lines uh, yes. while you're doing it. <laughs> just like putting together an exotic parlay of sorts. Yeah. And then you got a couple of strategies that you sprinkle in there just to, you know. I'm going to evolve my line hunting because like every win that you send us is just like the most obscuring things. Like, Who, me? You so, had like one of the quarterbacks rushing attempts over. Oh, like, Jordan? On the, yeah. Yeah, Jordan. Jordan's deep in deep in that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a true alt, sicko. Alt rushing yeah. attempts. It's just like the, <laughs> the screenshots you send us are just wild. Like, yeah. let me see if I can yeah. find I don't, what you I don't think Listener, that my... I can send them to you too if you subscribe to the Patreon. Slash <laughs> right. I don't think that my app has like that much functionality, unfortunately. Which is, yeah, I don't think I've quite diversified on, on all of yeah. Oh, yeah, you said it's uh, yeah. In your parlay, you had both. I guess it was Lamar Jackson rushing attempts. So there's at least some excuse there. And then uh, you had the over on Justin Tucker kicking points. Which was yeah, because he's the he's the beast. <laughs> he's the guy. I, I was telling Evan like I think on Thursday night games I like to bet kicker overs because Smart. I 
I think the Thursday night NFL games just tend to be sloppier and messier. Drives drives die more often. I agree. My thought is, yeah, they either get more cracks at field goals or defenses are beat up and they let more touchdowns through some more extra points. Anyhow, I'll save that for This is a free sample for our premium subscribers. Well, I'll have you guys know. I should also declare I have no stats to back back that logic or thought process here on the wheel route yeah speaking of pure hunches i've got uh i've got lebron james and anthony davis both to score 20 points tonight little uh little boosty action so i love the perspective dude the nba stuff get the the weird boosted nba like player will score x many points thing gets me every time like i can't resist just just a little sprinkle it's like it's like will lamello ball certainly he'll make three three pointers tonight like why not not? like i i have not seen lamello ball play basketball live and since he was well, did he even go to college? I don't know what he was what he was up to, but 16. since yeah, like it's just it's just funny. But here I am, just like with a medium take that Lamelo Ball should be getting it done for me. But I'm pretty um, sure they're right. Yeah. Oh, Anthony Davis is off to a hot start though. Eight points already in the first quarter. Mm. LeBron needs yeah. to pick it up. He's only got two. So step it up, LeBron. Get we'll, we'll, we'll sweat this one out. But uh, what is the Ohio State? Michigan line now. Did I did I play myself? That's the question. Did you get some early value? I thought I might have because Ohio State. This was like last That's week. Probably gonna be a noon game, right? It is. Yes, it is a noon game. I see it at four right now. So okay. Congrats on your point and a half, Logan. Yeah. yeah so I five and a half. Woo! <laughs> Let's go. Damn. Yeah. So. We'll see how that goes. You got to string a lot of those together to actually realize the value. But anyhow, all right, cool. This has been post wheel route uh, um, gambling talk. Real quick, so for the, for the listeners, probably won't have a Thanksgiving uh, pod out this week. We'll probably catch up with you guys next weekend um, post Thanksgiving. Any any Thanksgiving plans of note we need to chat on? Uh, I'll be in Richmond with some immediate family, their extended family, and uh, get to check in on the nephew, play some golf in the Richmond area. Love it. Probably Friday and Saturday, I think. CCV? Um, Just kidding. That would be sick. No. I think, <laughs> I think I am potentially playing Royal New Kent on Saturday. Nice. Ah, uh, jealous. I played yeah. that back when I did not appreciate golf courses, and I want to get back <laughs> so bad. So, we shall see. Uh, Hopefully the weather's good because I have yeah. not checked it. Admittedly, I did some reclaim water work that I think supports the uh, irrigation out there one time. Nice. So just nice. you know, if the sprinklers come on and you smell that the faint odor of biochemical oxygen demand, just you can thank your boy. Tell can you get us on for free or no? Or... <laughs> no. But I am doing a project uh, in a in a golf course uh, in Miami um, coming up here next year, and I will, ex- you know, I might make a might make a question or two. You know, you never know. Yeah, we'll, on. Yeah. we'll site visit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Stan. How how do I get on the uh, list of guys who agree to pay a reduced green speed? We don't take comp rounds, but we'll pay a reduced green speed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come up and play the park in West Palm with me sometime. Just, just you, you got to throw empty platitudes like that out, and just like hope that just something sticks. Okay, you're playing some up, and you didn't play this. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Just get real um, insistent and pretend you're a savvy veteran. It'll be good. 
I'm looking forward to a Thanksgiving here at the crib. Uh, I believe we're going to have the the in-laws over. I'm looking to get aggressive with the menu, though. I think I'm going to do a bird. I think I might do some short ribs as well. Nice. Uh, little little snacky right. meters early, pre-bird snacky meters. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, I, think gonna, I think I'm going moho. I'm thinking of doing moho uh, turkey. Ooh. Oh, I respect that. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm sure it'll be good. I think the, the the general family chaos means that uh, dad and I will stick with the standard menu, but we we've evolved. To the, we do like we got the it's like a sausage based stuffing. It's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you got to have that make yeah. make some tweaks to the to the green bean casserole. We, we, it's it's some dried fruit. You can eat dried fruit in that stuffing. I believe there's some apples involved. Yeah. OK, we usually go. Yeah. Ap- My family goes apricots in the uh, in the stuffing. It's great. You you soak the apricots in chicken broth though prior to inserting them in so they kind of like plump back up and then they secrete the chicken broth apricot juices throughout. Um, like timed releases of broth. <laughs> yeah, they're like those ibuprofens in that commercial. Do you think that Thanksgiving is like in terms of uh, like gross words to discuss cooking and preparing the meal? It's got to be the leader for like most gross processes right just in terms of like yeah, the well, general carnage of a bird yeah there's yeah. just some there's a lot of drippings and there's it just seems like Stuffing. a there's some uncomfortable words there's a there's, a lot, there's some gizzards and some um right. what are the, the the giblets um have you guys yep. seen how you can cook the neck and giblet pack on the outside of your bird and just look like it has make it look like it just has like a hammer which that's a which is a wild that would be a wild thing to do to your to your family. Maybe you can season it in moho, Logan. Who wants a slice of the moho hammer? (laughs) Pastor Tim? (laughs) Into there. What's into there? All right. It's the Wheel Wrap Podcast. We thank you guys for joining us. Uh we love that you have been here with us. Uh so you know send us send us a question um and uh maybe we'll answer it. Um but yeah, you know where to find us at Wheel Route Podcast on Instagram. Send us emails, wheelroutepodcast gmail.com. Sorry, the wheelroute.com is the website. You can uh, go there, see the picks. We will have picks up for this week. They will be texted in Scouts Honor before the games start on Thursday. And uh, until we meet again, go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes.